Welcome back to the Chattervast Podcast. I'm your host, Chad. Thanks for joining me today. So I'm changing the format of this show a little bit, at least with this episode. We'll see how it goes uh, going forward. I found it a little difficult to uh, curate so much uh, content. I was trying to hit quite a few different topics every episode, which um, last time I ranted and raved a little bit about government and inspections. But this time I'm going to be going full political. This is This is just politics here and um, hopefully that doesn't turn you off. I'm not going to be one that's trying to push an agenda on you or try to make you vote one way or the other. I'm just discussing something that came to my attention because I made a joke basically, um, well not a joke, I was kind of serious in this, that uh, I was commenting to some of my friends that there really aren't any good candidates. I don't want to vote for any of these people and uh, which which isn't the thing you want to say in uh, the circles that I'm in and because politics, I mean, I think in any circle, you don't want to talk a lot about politics because it's so divisive and it's something I don't really want to talk a lot about. Um, I've already mentioned how I feel about politics and its corruption and such. Um, but I thought since my friend sent me this uh, article here that's by Al Mohler, it's Christian's Conscience and the Looming 2020 Election. So I'm a Christian and I vote conservative and I'm not going to be ripping up anybody who doesn't vote that way or is voting for Biden or isn't whatever. I'm, I'm just stating some of the information that's in this, reacting to it, and then discussing some of the other candidates that are available here and just some viewpoints. I haven't actually read this thing, so I don't re- really know how this is going to go. Uh, I'm just going to read through it and give some thoughts on it. I know a little bit about this guy, Albert Moeller, that he is... Um, pretty much pro-Trump from what I understand. That's what one person told me. I I haven't done a lot of research on these people. There's so many names and celebrities in normal society and in Christian society. I can't keep up with everybody and who they support and who's trying to pers- persuade you to like vote for whoever. But um, <clears throat> my uh, opinions will come out while we read this. So here we go. This one, article by Albert Moeller. I'll put a link in the description. Is Christian's conscience and the looming 2020 election. Uh, so this is what he says. Samuel Johnson once quipped that when a man knows he is going to face the gals, it concentrates his mind wonderfully. The same concentration of mind often comes with the final days of an election. This election cycle is no exception. The campaigns now move into their final strategies and the candidates make whatever closing pitches can be made. In this odd year, more than 50, Ameri- 50 million Americans have already voted. So there's a lot of people voting this year and there is a huge celebrity push. I've seen amazing amounts of efforts going on now I'm, I'm not reading the article if you're on podcasting right now i'm just giving my what i've been hearing and um so there have been huge pushes and of course there are people who make an agenda to like get you to vote for somebody but i've seen quite a few people who are just getting out there telling people how to vote just so that people will get invested because i think whether you're conservative or liberal or anywhere else on the spectrum Everybody understands how important the elections are becoming more so every year. And every year we get to an election or any type of voting, everyone feels it's like the most important. And which I guess back in the day, they were saying the exact same thing. Oh, when was it? I don't remember which president was going. It was back in the, I'd say it was in the 20s or 30s. There was somebody running and I heard this, I have to check back up on the information, but I heard this a few weeks back, somebody was running and People were literally believing that if this one candidate won, that Nazis and and fascism and stuff would just take over America. And that was just the end of uh, American uh, democracy. And, of course, that didn't happen. Uh, I I believe that guy actually won whoever it was, the one that they're all upset about. And, um, oh, I can't remember. 
Oh, I wish I remember the name. I should have brought that article up, but I didn't think I was going to talk about it. Anyways, so every year that we get to another election, it feels more important than the last one. And it is. It is. Uh, we have huge changes, it seems like, um, that come with every presidency, with every Senate change, with every House change. There are a lot of changes. There are a lot of powers and, and people are becoming more polarized about things. So I think it's it's on people's minds more. Um it's frustrating to watch. I'm so glad like I'm not fa on Facebook. I have an account just for Marketplace and for like managing my YouTube and podcast channels like marketing and different things like that. But I, I just I hear enough about what goes on there and like the I don't know what's the word not violence. Obviously, you're not going to have a lot of online violence, but just the anger, frustration and especially in Christian circles, even like the unchristian behavior that people that I'm not going to like say names because there's people I know that I'm very surprised at the things that come out of their mouths, but, uh, you know, whatever, like everybody has their own opinions. I believe the statement goes, opinions are like armpits. Everybody's got two of them and they both stink, uh, which is a pretty like, uh, dark view of the world. But realistically, everybody has a different opinion and there's no person you're going to run into that you a hundred percent agree with because of life experience and stuff. So let's go on with this article. Um, it's, obviously important. Election is more important. There's more polarization is just what I was trying to say. President, here going on with the article, here we go. Uh, President Donald J. Trump and former Vice President Joe Biden are by now wearingly well known to the American people. Donald Trump made himself known through the decades of hyperactive self-promotion in business and now almost four tumultuous years in the White House while Joe Biden is known for his working his way through more than four decades of holding public office. Having run for president in 1988 and 2008, Biden wanted to run for the Democratic Party's nomination in 2016 but lacked adequate support. So interesting about Biden is that when he ran in 88, um, uh, I don't know about 2008, um, but in 88, he was... Uh, even now, he's a big fan of Amtrak and trains, riding by trains. He rides trains a lot. And in 88, when he launched his pregnancy, he launched it from the back of an Amtrak train. I just thought that was a little interesting um, fact there. He's a uh, tries to present. I don't know if he just tries to present as like a folksy kind of person, but he really likes trains for some reason. Um, Biden is back and if elected would be the oldest individual ever elected to the president of the United States. I think that's kind of scary. Like I know lifespans. This is me talking again. Uh, this that lifespans are longer than they used to be and and they're getting like i was told that our generation the millennials and that era are going to live into their hundreds like that's just going to be the average i don't know why exactly like what's all the science behind that but it's kind of scary and but at the same time the difference between generations right now is just vast uh between like biden's generation and what's going on in like my generation or in the generation or two below me like the opinions and the lifestyles and the types of people are it's just crazy how different it is and i think it's partly because of that it's concerning but also like the age is a bit concerning like that we don't have decent people to vote for that are younger than that or that are winning um i know there were a bunch of people in the primaries uh last time especially in the republican side there were so many of them and but none of them winning it, it, nothing against like older people running for president, but it's kind of amazing that there aren't young, any younger people who are like viable candidates to do this. I don't, I don't know why. It, I think it's just a little more scary that you have to put so much time, effort and money into voting somebody in at, at age 70. Like some family families don't live very long into their 70s. Like it's just kind of the fact there that some people's lifespans aren't as high as the whatever the average is i don't know the average i think it's in the mid 70s anyways um but it's kind of i just wish they were a little bit younger to give a little more surety to uh you know things happen 
as you can tell with like Biden. I don't want to like hate on too many people uh, who are running for president, but like he says some things and you can tell like both him and Trump like say things that, you know, like eh, they, their minds might be going. I don't know, but we'll see. Uh, anyways, going on with the article that makes the vice presidency all the more important. I do not have to blink in deciding between the prospect of a president, Mike Pence versus a president, Kamala Harris. That is one thing I do agree on. Like I, from what I know of, and obviously every perspective that you have on any individual running for president, um, unless you're directly related to those people, it's, it's, it's a, an outside perspective. You don't know these people. And even if you go and sit down and have a meal with them, you really don't know the, with them, uh, about them and who they are and what they really stand for, except for over a certain amount of time. And it's, it's really hard to tell what somebody is until they've been like they're running as president. And I think um, Pence, from what I've seen, is a pretty good candidate. Kamala Harris, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm not liberal. I'm not socialist. She seems really far, like, out there. She was running against Biden. I think she is pretty close to the Ocasio-Cortez group or whatever. They And they're, like, further left of the standard, like, Democratic Party. And that's one of those conspiracy theories you kind of hear now and then uh, that... Uh, Biden is just running so that if he wins, then he'll step down, whether because of old age, obviously some people like are saying that they, the Democrats might kill him or something. I, I think that's a bit more extreme, um, but that he might step down so Kamala Harris can become president. I, I think that'd be kind of a scary place to be because she's much further left. I don't know that any big changes would be able to be pushed into our society, but we'll see. All right, going on. We know who Donald Trump and Joe Biden are, how they behave, the manner of their self-presentation, and the substance of their policies. The act of voting is before us, and many of us is already uh, for many of us it is already done. What do Christians make of all this? I'll try to summarize how I see the issues, trying to my best to think and act consistent with my own Christian convictions and worldview. This is a pretty long article. I didn't realize how long it is. I don't think I'm going to be able to get through all of it uh, today, but. Um, let's skip down a little bit after they talk about their, we know a lot about Trump and we know a lot about Biden. If you see the news or keep up with anything in politics, you kind of know how they act. And, uh, Trump tends to be more abrasive. Um, you've seen his Twitter account, put stuff out there just straight, straight up. And of course he has scary looking past, uh, when it comes to, um, women and his marriages and different things. Um, Biden also in, uh, some of his past there are certain things that came out now and then and i think that's just kind of like the trend with politicians <laughs> uh everything gets dug up um so this is interesting he says right here if i'm electing a neighbor it would be biden hands down biden would always be ready for a hamburger with friends he does seem like the kind of person that you want to sit down with and just talk and hang out with like an older grandfather kind of person and and that makes sense like donald trump is not like he says here i would not choose donald trump for a neighbor he is definitely a more divisive character and an interesting thing about like everybody in the conservative movement is like so oh hey trump is like basically our man for everything it's funny because only a few years ago he was basically a democrat like he supported democrats like he's on that side of things and now just because you know he says what he stands for i i i personally think he's a little bit more on the side of um going where the wind blows or whatever gets some popularity you know like no uh any news is good news for his um campaign back his first campaign um uh when he won in 2016 and so i don't really like trust him as a person and like what he says it is very true like biden would be a better neighbor i would think so, uh, Al Mohler going on, I'm a Christian Baptist by conviction. I'm a Christian theologian, theologian who has theologian, 
I always have a hard time saying that one, who has addressed issues of public policy, political theory, history, and cultural analysis for dec- decades. I stand solidly within the Augustinian tradition. Okay, so I'm going to skip through some of this. He's talking about more of his worldview, and I, I want to get to, I, I know where this article is headed, and I haven't even read it, because uh, John Piper released an article, and I saw the the amount of flack there. I think it was that, it wasn't that he wasn't, everybody was saying he wasn't going to vote. And uh, I heard that wasn't necessarily the essence of the article. I don't really read these things until somebody actually sends them to me. I just don't really care. I don't want to be in all the the fighting and the arguments online and stuff. But uh, I'm trying to find where, okay, so he's talking about he's saved by Jesus and truth and we live in a fallen world. In other words, love is not merely a mood or an emotion. Love leads to policies that have good moral effects. As a Christian, I believe that love is to be the animating motivation for political action, but I understand love as revealed in Scripture to be manifest in concrete actions that are measured in moral effect. That's interesting. Um, Given my perspective on politics, it's a game, and it's going to corrupt you if you get into it, is where I stand on it. And I think it would be good that people stand up to be involved in politics with love and to make good change, to care for other people. And maybe there are people like, like that. I don't like personally know a lot of people i've met a few um but in the end i i the game it, it's rigged it's 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 scary it's it's just our country like it, it really is the way it is now it, you have to give and take and compromise in so many different ways and there's so much money that has to be involved i don't know a lot of people who can win without you know somebody's hands in their pockets like giving them the money and swaying them somewhere or another this obviously is not necessarily true of everybody but i'm saying in general Politics here is a scary thing. Um, so we're going to skip down here. Uh, he talks a lot about some of his history, saying he didn't re- vote for Donald Trump. Um, uh, oh, this is interesting. I didn't vote for Donald Trump in 2016, repulsed by his character and unable to see him as a conservative. I voted for neither major party candidate. I made a symbolic vote. I had to ho- hope that Hillary Clinton would not be elected as president, but I om- seemed but it seemed almost determined. As we now know, it was not. Having argued loudly for the resignation of President Bill Clinton on national television many times over in the wake of Monica Lewinsky's affair, I felt that I could not vote for Donald Trump without hypocrisy. And that is very true. Um, that is really interesting. So that changed from what I've read, President Bill Clinton and everything that happened there, that changed what people were willing to consider for calling people uh, to resign and to impeach presidents over uh, moral, ethical things that were in personal life, which I know there were certain times prior to that in history, but most of what you had in presidents being called to for impeachment or to resign were more dealing with like national security legal things and uh, of course like being christian affairs are bad and that's wrong but like up until that point i guess that was a, a breaking point and that was on the republican side calling for that but then like what he's saying is if you went and voted for donald trump like and you were upset that bill clinton had an affair then how could you vote for donald trump i get that like but like we said this is a game and you can't vote on your morals you if you want to win like if you want to be voting for the winning candidate or have an influence you have to vote for the winning leading person now i'm going to get into something at the end about what i think could you know change this i think some states are implementing a a different voting system um so uh he goes on here he goes and says uh well i am voting 
for Donald Trump in 2020, I make no apology to Bill Clinton. I do apologize, but my apology is for making a dumb statement that did not stand the test of time. So this is interesting. He's basically recanting on everything he just said. I'm not about to apologize to Bill Clinton, who stands guilty of having desecrated the presidency by his gross sexual immorality while in office. I still believe in the necessity of character for public office, but I have had to think more deeply about how character is evaluated in a historic context. So getting into complicated things about, you know, trying to justify our actions and who we vote for and what we vote for... Um. I feel like this is where this is headed because uh, a lot of people do this. Um, it's just like the argument that, well, we didn't vote for Trump in 2016. We voted for the Supreme Court justices because he was going to put in conservative justices and he was going to change Roe v. Wade, which is a, a big thing. Like in the conservative party, and if you're in it, like you understand like Roe v. Wade, it's like a huge deal. Like abortion's wrong. It, it, you're you're murdering babies. And I, I stand in the pro-life side. But... I don't really believe that getting rid... I'm sorry, I'm changing the lighting here on, on my uh, recording. Uh, I, I don't believe that by getting rid of Roe v. Wade, you've entirely solved the problem. Um, so you're, you're dealing with when the federal government gets rid of that, now you have states getting involved and deciding state-by-state state case. And I really think what would happen if they ever got rid of Roe v. Wade, I don't know if they're going to. At this point, Amy Coney Barrett, conservative judge, now part of the Senate or the Supreme Court, and she could really change things and probably throw out Roe v. Wade. That's a possibility. But then you're not going to get rid of abortion completely. I don't. Th- I think we're past that point in this country, and I don't think people should be getting abortions. I'm completely against it. Um, obviously you can get into all like the technicalities of every little scenario here and there and debate that or whatever, but I stand against it and I am pro-life, but I don't think Roe v. Wade is going to be your end all be all. Suddenly people don't have abortions. What you're probably going to have is state by state cases where some states will go against it and some states will go for it. And then people who want abortions will go to other states to have their abortions and, and in the states where it's not supposed to happen you might have people doing it under the table like they used to do. And and that's a probable uh, possibility. An interesting thing is, so this is interesting. I have a friend who voted for Biden and um, I haven't heard, like I'm not on Facebook and I hear all my friends post lots of things on Facebook. I hear it. Um, my wife tells me about it and other people tell me about, can you believe what so-and-so posted on Facebook? Uh, Facebook, it, you'd be better off for your mentality to get off Facebook um, and Go and have a conversation with the person, even if you disagree with them. It's a lot better than doing it on Facebook. It's like you're not changing people's minds. It's just not the place to do it. So um, his reasoning, from what I have heard, because I haven't been able to sit down and talk to him directly, and love to do that at some point. Maybe I'll have him on the show. So if you're watching, you know who you are, um, probably, uh, or if you're listening, you might know who you are, and uh, love to have a conversation with you sometime. Because from what I've heard, that you voted for Biden because it wasn't exactly like this, but it was something to the fact that there are less abortions during the Democratic presidencies because of the um, resources to uh, for women's health and for, uh, for abortions and things like that. There are less abortions. So I went and looked this up. Um, PolitiFact, I don't know exactly how accurate they are about everything. Um, some people say that this is... Um, okay, so this is what this PolitiFact says. A graphic on U.S. abortion rates shows larger declines during recent Democratic presidential administrations and says it's due to the party's approach of making abortions unnecessary rather than the Republican Party's approach of making the procedure illegal. And they're saying this is half true. 
just like with any problem, there's no simple solution um, and it's complicated. Uh, so there is some probable truth to this statement, but like they go and say, I read this a little bit, uh, they basically say that there are other things in play. Um, the access to healthcare, uh, the possibility that people aren't um, going and getting pregnant, or um, you just have a lot of other things. It, it takes a lot of information to like correlate that kind of that kind of thing right there. That might be true, maybe. I, but my my problem with that is even if it was true, you're standing for the wrong thing. Like you can't do that. Like I I think like. Uh, and of course, this is my opinion here of if you believe that something's wrong, if you believe that abortion is wrong, then supporting a candidate who thinks it's okay, what you're doing there is you're doing it an end justifies the means. And once you take that principle, obviously, you're probably not going to take that principle and just run with it and do it everywhere. But once you step into the ground, you make it more likely that that becomes the leading principle for you to make other decisions and actions. So you say and justifies the means in this scenario that, oh, voting for a Democratic president leads to less abortion. So I'll do that. It's not the right way to go. I think it's dangerous. It's a dangerous path to go down because um, you can justify a lot of things just to get, have good means in the end. Uh, just like, well, I mean, look at an American lifestyle. We justify how great our lifestyles and all the things we're doing here when we there are a lot of places where it's it's better for some people sort of but then it isn't when i'm uh, what i'm talking about is american consumerism um our marketing and in general the the truth is that uh if you raise up a certain people like america and their uh, economic status goes up generally throughout the country. We're buying more stuff. We're producing more stuff. We're consuming. We're now relying on all these other countries because we want stuff cheap. We don't. I, I'm not going to go buy um, a t-shirt for $150 or go out there and like shear a sheep and make a shirt myself. We want that less expensive, and we want it shipped in from China or Vietnam or whoever's producing it cheaper nowadays. But if you look, there are slave shops, there's slave labor, there's child labor, there's all kinds of bad things going on in the rest of the world to meet the demands of what America is. And this is just one example. And in general, most people's lives do get brought up when you bring up like the, I don't know what the ruling class is, like the American society. Obviously, there are more countries involved in this than just America, but I'm using it as an example because I'm here. And, but in it, we're saying, well, hey, we're, we have a fast-paced lifestyle, we can buy these things, um, and we want these things, or whatever it might be, and we're providing somewhere, someone a job, but you might be also ruining, like, other people's lives, or doing other, hurting other people, and so, going back to what I was saying, is the end justifies the means is basically the principle of that statement, I think. There might be other reasoning behind it, of course, I'd love to have a conversation with him or whoever on the show about it because there's probably other things in there. Um, but that general principle, I disagree with. Uh, but, you know, I'm human and all my listeners are too. And you probably do it. And I probably do it at some point in our lives as well. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying uh, I'm saying it's wrong. And I'm not saying I don't do it. I'm just saying we should avoid going down that path because it can lead to all kinds of terrible things in the future. Um, going on with this article... Uh, well, at this point, so he switched his mindset, but he made such a good case in the beginning about 
voting now now where you what you saw different was in 2016 a lot of christians said well i'm not voting for a pastor i'm voting for a president and that's not like a moral thing that's something else and the interesting thing is a lot of the trump did a lot of the things that he said he was going to do i think almost like everything like he actually is doing those things which is great um and obviously morally i disagree with him like as a person i don't think he's like a great guy or whatever but i also think that the things that he stood for, like Republican Party used to kind of stand for, is like, hey, down with the debt, and he's he's no more taxes. It definitely helps small businesses. I think economically is the way to go. But like, you've just added like trillions of dollars to the debt, and I understand we're in a pandemic, but I don't think that was the right way to go. Like, I liked getting a stimulus check, and I'm sure I don't know anybody who didn't take it. But fiscally, for a country, I think that's a bad place to go. I, it's not the way. I, like, I think that all the other presidents that are all the other people I can vote for that are running for president are basically have the same mindset that they're going to give money to people during the pandemic. So there really is no way out of it for whoever you vote for, I guess. But it doesn't make me want to vote for him more when when you have that uh, fiscal uh, issue there that is just a big change from what. I thought the Republican Party um, and fiscal conservative fiscal agendas were about. Um, <clears throat> anyways, going back to this article, I don't think I'm going to really get it, get through the rest of this article. Uh, let's read one more um, section of it. Oh, if there was something in here that... Um, okay, so he talks about um, cowardice of Joe Biden on whether or not he support calls for enlarging the Supreme Court. That is a whole interesting fiasco of itself that I'm not interested in getting involved in. Um, so let's just jump down to here at the end and okay, I'm just going to read his last, um, two paragraphs here and just summarize it because there's so much more information. The link is in the description. I just want to react to parts of it. I really thought I could get through more of it, but it's just so long. Um, at this stage, in an election cycle, politics seems to dominate every horizon. That is very true. Given the uncertainties of this pandemic election, the stresses will continue. Soon, we hope we will know the reality we face. The Christian church cannot exist in a constant state of political fervor. Election by election, we debate, we organize, we advocate, we vote, and we pray. So much is on the line, but I thank God that the kingdom of Christ is not up for a vote. That is great. Like, think about that, like, not having to vote. And, and obviously, there aren't countries where you do vote like there are countries where you don't vote at all you have no control but like think about being in a world where god is on the throne and christ is running everything and you don't have to deal with this and you know that the person in charge makes all the best decisions that sounds amazing so uh he finishes up here saying i truly believe this presidential election with the control of the senate is also clearly at stake is likely to be transformational that is very true i guess the senate and house are probably up for grabs the stakes just keep getting higher. The difference between Trump administration and Biden administration will shape a generation and have a very great deal to do with the future of our nation. That is true. My convictions lead me to a very clear conclusion in this election. I hope and vote for the election of Donald Trump and the Republican ticket for a second term and for a continued Republican majority in the U.S. Senate. I do so precisely because of my convictions. I am accountable to make those convictions and reasons clear. May God bless the United States of America. May, may uh, this nation bless the nations of the world. So I kind of skipped over like some of his reasoning there, I guess. I wish I'd hit the right things. But in general, I I didn't see anything like at the beginning of his statement that I agree with um, by saying that uh, um, where he wouldn't vote for Trump and now he will. And I don't know. I, I It's so sad that like there's so much here that I missed 
something in here that really changed his mind. I'll have to go back and do a summary at some point. But I wanted to hop over to, um, before I end this episode, I didn't have any sponsors in this episode. You can go to my Patreon uh, page. It's a uh, link in the description below. Um, and support me there if you want. And uh, I also appreciate a like, subscribe, comment, and review on podcasting. But I want to jump over to here. So presidential election in South Carolina, there's not a lot of people to vote for, uh, basically. And you cannot write in in South Carolina. Um, not th- saying that I'm going to write in or vote for anyone else. I really don't know. Like, because I don't like any of the options. And there are no good options. There really aren't. Um, and I, you never know. Like, I kind of know where what's going to happen next for Trump and where that America is going to take us. The Biden one's a little, like, more, like, it's scary to me to see what that one is going to be because I know there are huge changes in the possibility of Kamala Harris being in charge or whatever. I I, I really don't know what's going to happen in the end there either, but it still, it still scares me, that one. But looking at these other candidates, I, yeah, I couldn't agree with them. So the only other ones are in uh, South Carolina vote for. Kanye West didn't make it in. He didn't support do his thing. So um, you have Joe... Uh, what? How does you say it? Joe Jorgensen? I watched. So this is a, she's a libertarian, and I watched like five seconds. They started their video by saying, "How would you like an America where marijuana is safe and legal?" And you lost me there. I'm not really into <laughs> supporting that. Um, my view of a government is I take it from a biblical model, which I believe the gov- uh, Bible just says it uh, punishes evil and supports, promotes, rewards the good. That's it. Like it, it punishing evil, supporting good. And obviously I take my agenda or my laws and stuff from the Bible in in general. What uh obviously you have like stuff that the Bible doesn't necessarily address. Marijuana is something that falls into like like alcohol or cocaine and things that I, I don't I'm not for, um against. And so if you're gonna start your campaign with like that opening statement there are other things in there that made me concerned so i I can't support the libertarian party um they do talk about like fiscally i do agree with that they want a smaller government um and uh less debt i i agree with that healthcare i don't remember where they stood among that um uh, I'd have to look into it more. I'm sure they're like less government. That's typically the in, the in, uh, libertarian party. This whole um, stopping deadly wars and stuff is another thing that they want to like back away from wars in the world. <sighs> Go back and forth on that. It's it's really hard to set a precedent and, and stick or stay with what you're going to do in that um, just because you can't, like we saw, like with uh, radical Islam when you have 9-11 and the attack on the Twin Towers. Um, was it right for us to go to Iraq and do everything we did? I mean, I think some of it was because there is there are bad people out there who we can't just sit idly by and protect our own borders and try to keep these people out because you're going to have to like stop some of these organizations like we did like with Nazis and Hitler. Like, you know, there are some of those things that need to happen. Um, but we are kind of like all involved everywhere in the world. I think it, we're a little bit too much involved. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what else they stand for there. Anyways, um, the other party is the Green Party. Definitely way off from me. Not at all interested at all in them. Um, and then there is an Alliance Party. This was another one that was into like the government providing stuff. I don't really, I've never heard of the Alliance Party 
Um, <clears throat> but once they started saying like healthcare for all, I knew that they were like not fiscally conservative and I don't align myself along the agenda that they're like basic human rights to everything. I think free speech and everything is good and capitalism and allowing people to choose where they work and stuff. But I don't think that everyone should be, um, oh, well, you're, uh, you're a human being. So you automatically get access to healthcare and a phone and a vehicle and a place to live. Like I, I don't think that everyone should be just given those things or an allowance or anything. I'm, I'm not into that. So I knew by them starting here, I figured they'd be, um, if they're going to give away healthcare to everybody, I think that, um, they would be more into that, uh, side of things. Anyways, um, again, no sponsor on this episode. Thanks for sticking with me. It's been kind of a long one, a lot of commentary on this one. Um, but I hope you enjoyed it. If you would like to talk sometime or be on the show, please, um, make a comment or like and subscribe, contact me. Um, and of course we'll see you next time.